Welcome everybody again. Um, I'm very, very honored to have one of my friends on that I've known for over 10 years. Man, I'm starting to hate saying that out loud, but as I guess people <laughs> I've known in Cincinnati equals people that I've probably known for 10 years at this point since college. This guy has a crazy cool job, um, has had a couple of them actually, jobs that I didn't even think about getting, which is why he's on here today. And uh, we want to dive a little bit deeper into exactly what that looks like and how you can potentially acquire this job. But before we even start talking about all these things and what the job actually is, we have to ask the most important question. Do you like your job? Of course. I mean, I, I love I love what I do. Um, it's very fulfilling uh, every day, at least, at least for me in my capacity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, I mean, that's very important because I know too many people that uh, wake up every morning and talk on IG or something like that about how much they hate waking up on Mondays. And it's like, if you hate waking up on Mondays, you hate a significant portion of your life. And uh, we can't have that happen. And we got to figure out how to allow people to learn that they can do jobs that they enjoy beyond the basic same things that they're always told. Doctor, lawyer, teacher, president of the United States, um, those common things. You can be anything in those like the common things they always tell you. So exposing the people like yourself and your actual current job is what? Um, I'm currently director of digital media at FC Cincinnati. Nice, nice. What does that mean? So um, basically I oversee all of our digital platforms, um, which uh, my main focus is um, our club websites, which is fccincinnati.com, uh, westonstadium.com, um, FC Cincinnati mobile app, and then a little bit of our social media, which consists of Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. Wow, that's, that's a lot. And because it's a lot, I'm assuming that you have a team of people that are doing these and you're more giving guidance on your vision of this opposed to you actively doing all of that work? Uh, a little bit of, of both. Um, so obviously uh, me, me and a um, colleague who's on, on the same team, we come up with kind of the strategy and kind of um, disseminate different tasks that need to be done with, within those areas. Um, as well as coming up uh, with the content as well, which goes on those platforms. Let's ask the question. I mean, we all, most people have social media, so I'm, I'm not gonna just walk past that because I know people need some inside information. How do you come up with content for a professional, um, a professional sports team? How does, how's that content created? Um, basically, I mean, you wanna tailor to your fans. Uh, most importantly, um, what, type of content um, appeals to your fan or your most avid fans. Um, for soccer, I mean, it, it could be highlights, goals, um, personal interviews or, or videos with um, players, um, or it could just be really, really um, scenic photos or imagery. Mm -hmm. um, here in Cincinnati specifically, just within <clears throat> the two sports teams I've worked with, um, and I, I worked at Cincinnati Bengals in a previous capacity before moving to FC Cincinnati, um, the fan base uh, really loved 
photos and imagery. Um, I don't know what it is with Cincinnati fans, but that's legit um, what fans like to see. So there's everybody has their um, perspective on what is the perfect look for your page. Are you all playing off of the colors um, that grab people's attention? I know it's orange, white, and blue, and like blue is like, are you doing the psychology thoughts when it comes to what blue makes you feel and what white does and like, or is there just like, we're creating this content? And also two part question, how did you actually discover that people like this particular stuff? Is it research or is it just you all trying things and discovering this is what gets the most engagement? So two part colors and how'd you know that what you're doing is the right way to do it? Um, all right, so I answer the first, the first question uh, regarding colors. I mean, you, you want to stay on brand. So you don't wanna just throw out and try different colors all willy nilly because then you don't necessarily create a, a look and feel um, that necessarily your fans can look at this photo or this graph or this image and they can instantly tell, oh, that's actually Cincinnati. It can be a picture of a ball with our branding um, or, or look and feel and, and a fan can instantly say, oh, that's um, that's gotta be FC Cincinnati's uh, imagery just because it's on brand. Um, the second part to that question how do you kind of figure that out? Basically, you you do research on the type of content that you're putting out, <clears throat> and you do sort of a, a um, like an A/B testing uh, sort of deal. So to kind of figure out, hey, what what really resonates with our fans? Um, maybe one week you post um, your A testing. Uh, at the same time every day for a week. Then the next week you post a different type of piece of content, same time, um, every time, every day of the week. And then you kind of compare the engagement numbers against each other, against those A-B testing um, pieces to see what really resonated with the fans. Yeah. So because we're in the social media era and people are trying to get their followers up, their likes up and people knowing their brand, you have players. And you've actually uh, worked for another team too. And I'm going to bring that up in a second, but well, I'll say it now. So for both, when it comes to professional athletes, how often are they reaching out to your department to say, Hey man, this is how I need to look or Hey man, um, can I get that picture up off of you? I need, I need that right there. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's, what's the engagement like when it comes to that? Um, so yeah, there's, there's two answers to, to that question. So basically, um, obviously, I, I worked in, in football previously before um, soccer or football. Um, the diet different personas of <clears throat> the two athletes are very, very different. Um, football, the athletes are more demanding and sometimes more rude and not personable. <clears throat> On the other hand, with soccer players, they're very personable and, and, and you can just tell the difference between the two just um, by their demeanor. 
but um, you just have to set those boundaries um, at the beginning of the season or when players come in. Um, and, and that's what we ended up doing, at least uh, for the football players coming in. <clears throat> um, we would have a, a, a meeting um, at the beginning of the season before uh, or training camp where they meet everybody in every department. <clears throat> and then when it came to my department, I said, hey, um, I know you guys are going to be reaching out for photos, um, you know, to kind of put on your, your social media platforms and to enhance your brand and enhance yourself. <clears throat> um, if you see a photo that you like or you feel like you're not getting enough love, just, um, you know, just ask for it, but be respectful when you do ask. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and well, the soccer players, they're, they're a lot more down to earth and, and, and chill about it. I got you. Yeah. I mean, if I had to have a helmet on all times of the year and I get to just walk around and no one knows me, I mean, I would be like, look, y'all cheer for me all the time. You're wearing my jersey. And you just let me walk past you without even asking for my autograph. So perfect example right now. And I don't want you to talk about it if you ever met this guy. Um, unless it's a positive story. Uh, so <laughs> I, I actually was at a LA Fitness, I would say about two years ago. And it was this big swole, I don't even want to call it a neck. It was like um, his uh, his whole thigh was located right here. Gotcha. <laughs> and it was like one solid piece. Yeah. Um, it was clearly Geno Atkins. And at first I, <laughs> he had his, he had the C on. And I'm like, this big swole mofo. I'm like, who is this? Mm. Like this big swole dude, who is this? And I'm trying to figure out this, and it hits me. I'm, all right, let me Google something. I got a question. And as soon as I look it up, because I ain't about to walk over and, and like fan out because I'm a Browns fan. So it doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find this face. I'm like, yo, all your actual Bengals fans don't even realize who's sitting right there. And like, that's like an actual star on your team that you should be like, hey, uh, what's good? He said out there, it was funny. He sat on the legs machine, wasn't nobody going to say nothing. It was like, I want to say, it, it might have been the calf machine. He was sitting on one of the leg machines, and ain't nobody say nothing to him because he just sat there for an hour on the phone. You could tell people was like, I really want that machine, but I don't know how his neck got that big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to find out if it's from throwing humans around just in general. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that's big man problems or big man privileges, I guess, uh, where you can just do things and people are like, you know, let, let them have it. Yeah, no, I mean, a, a lot of um, people don't necessarily know, unless you're a true diehard fan, won't know the players from a can of paint out in public. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're out and about, like, unless you're out at, at a club or, or because obviously they're in a, in a booth or popping bottles. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, most fans won't recognize them, um, on the public, which is, yeah. which is funny to me. Um, hell, even, <clears throat> uh, when I worked for the Bengals, <laughs> they were doing a, a season ticket member tour and I was in the gym and I was running on the treadmill and some fans thought it was Muhammad Sanu. And this is back when Muhammad Sanu, I'm like, first of all, no, 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 don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. <laughs> I have to highlight the significant difference in what Muhammad yes. Sanu is. 
Exactly. Muhammad Sanu is NFL receiver, mind you. My guy is how tall are you? I'm five six. <laughs> He's like six three, right? Six yeah, exactly. Three. At least six three. <laughs> Keep going, man. I just because I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Go yeah. ahead. He's at least six three, way darker complected than I am. I'm like, wow, these you people just don't get it. <laughs> so what happened? Like what, what what was that experience like? And just tell that story because I I'm excited because I would lie I would lie to them. I'm not gonna lie to you. We're gonna have I to mean they 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 were on a tour, so the gym was roped off. So I'm I'm back in the distance on on the treadmill, and you know the fans are just waving when I wave back. But um, me and uh, when I worked there, me and a coworker just joked around like we should really just go like. <clears throat> Uh, at least around the draft and the combine and Indy, we should go and I should just follow you around with the camera and just act like you're a star player. And I guarantee you people will follow you and ask for your autograph and, and picture if we just play this right. <laughs> you just made we never did it. <laughs> the bucket list item for me. I think I might be aging out of that conversation in, in the near future, unfortunately. But that would be freaking sweet to just go to um, Indy for that type of week and legit have cameras just doing it. Because I think that's a brilliant plan. And ironically, just people don't even realize that they're being recorded. So maybe have a person recording you and then somebody trailing with an additional camera recording everyone else (laughs) watching you get recorded. And the reaction like, oh, who are you, man? Yeah, man, I kind of, you know what, I don't want to say it because I don't need this type of attention right now. Right, right, right. Yeah, we wanted to do it so bad. We just, we just never did. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. So, all right, man. So we, we, we've gotten deep into just how fun your job is, how interesting the experiences, how, how many interesting experiences you've actually had. And I'm sure you have uh, countless stories. With that, though, what's the best part about your job? Um... The best part about my job, I would have to say, is is the connections that you make um, with the people that you work with. Um, not even just uh, the people within the organization, but the people you meet outside the organization, um, as far as organizational partners, sponsors, um, different vendors that you work with. And you you build these these relationships that that you know that last a, a lifetime, um, and all of that you know you you obviously you meet the players, and they're um, and they're so down to earth, and well these soccer players they're, they're they're so down to earth, and at the end of the day, I try to tell people who like get all starstruck like at the end of the day they're human beings like me and you, mm-hmm. and and. A lot of people don't really understand that, um, which I try to tell them when they're like, oh, your job's so cool. You get to meet all the players and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, they're just me and you who can, who get paid to, to play on, 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 you know, on the, on the big time, so. He's giving you great advice, but I also have, like, once again, I've known this guy. I have not really, if I'm honest, seen him truly impressed by anybody. <laughs> he tends to be a person that's probably going to humble you in recognition that, yeah, 
I know you put on those pants just like I do. No one, no one put those pants legs in for you. You put <clears> in and uh, so what? But it is interesting hearing you say that because I know how big of an actual football soccer fan you <laughs> actually are. So right. it's really interesting like that because. I mean, I, like we went to UC, we had David Payne, Olympic uh, medalist. We had Mary Weinberg, Olympic medalist. Our coaches were Olympians. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I remember the first practice. You weren't there yet. Obviously, I was a couple years ahead of you. But I remember my first practice. And I don't care how much I judge. It's funny because now I actually know DP. But he walked in. Or it might have been Mary. No, I think they both walked in on like, day two or day three of practice mm. and I just locked up and I was like yeah that's, that's that's such and such I had just watched them in the Olympics like the year before I believe right mm. and everybody was like yeah so what they always here and I'm just like are you tripping like you don't understand what you got right here like I, yeah. I was just running on a gravel track in 2007 I was still running mm. on a gravel track <laughs> Wearing, wearing outfits that clearly was about 15 years old because the school I just come from. And you got an actual Olympian walking through and you don't care? Mm. Oh, you tripping, tripping. And yeah. then if they became just another person, probably about the second time I'm saying them, but still. Yeah, I'm, uh, granted you, you, you give them their respect, but at the end of the day, the most respectful thing to them is probably treat them like just a normal person. Um, and and that's the biggest thing yeah yeah okay so yeah we're not gonna i'm not gonna ask you that because i i am curious about to know like if any of your actual friends if you actually spent time but we can get to that later if you want to we'll, we'll stay on yeah you can, you can more than welcome to ask a question if you want to ask an hour if you want to ask later it's up, it's up yeah, to you. We'll, we'll get to that later let's bring that up later um but when it comes to the best part of the job um which is the people and the engagement. Um, how has COVID impacted that? And also, has COVID stopped you from doing your job? I would assume it doesn't because you're digital, but has it altered what you actually do and how much has it impacted what you love about your job? Yeah, so let's back things up. So um, we're with COVID, Obviously, we're not allowed to have fans. Um, uh, most organizations, <clears throat> they're working almost 100% from home or about 60 to 85% of employees are working from home. <clears throat> For us, I mean, um, obviously ticketing, couldn't sell tickets, sponsorship, couldn't necessarily fulfill partner obligations just due to because we weren't having games Um, and just a a lot of the organization was affected by COVID one it's sports so our biggest revenue is ticket sales and our biggest um, thing is, is fans so Moving forward, <clears throat> for us, at least in the digital world, um, things didn't slow down for us. I mean, if anything, things actually picked up because everything's all digital because no one can go to games. And in the period of time that we weren't having games, 
we're trying to come up with anything relevant to, to try to stay relevant, <clears throat> you know, because when we're having games, so um, we started to air um, previous game or like the best games of FC Cincinnati history <clears throat> um, every Sunday, like it was a game. So, and then we live tweeted the game um, basically like it was a, you know, real time game. And then just trying to find like cool ways to kind of keep fans, you know, engaged <clears throat> as well, like doing different contests, doing different bingo cards of what have you done during the quarantine, things of that manner. But for us, I mean, things didn't get slow. I mean, things really picked up for us, if, if anything. Um, and then once um, in August, when we got approved to play again, but in, in a bubble scenario um, down in Orlando at a uh, world of sports and Disney world, um, things kind of picked back up to kind of some normalcy for digital with having games and stuff. But again, it, it if anything, it, it, it really picked up for us. And this has been the most weird year I mean for anyone but for us especially and um for for me I mean I worked primarily from home <clears throat> in some cases I went to the office in some cases I had to go out to the training center but we did um we had two teams basically so we split the the communication staff in half basically so um had the staff travel with the club <clears throat> and or were at or was at the training facility and those folks that were there had to be tested um had to be COVID tested every two days along with the players so that training facility was going to be locked down who if your name was not on that list you weren't allowed on the premises so anyone on that list you were getting tested two day every two days um, and then at one point it came every day. <clears throat> um, and then the other half basically worked from home or it came in the office when need be. So that, that's kind of how it affected um, MySpace. Okay. So what does, let's take COVID out of the equation because COVID isn't going to last forever. And uh, by the time this airs, who knows, this may actually, COVID may be over. <laughs> um, but when we're talking about uh, your actual job, what does a day in the life of you look like? Um, no day is the same. No day is, is exactly the same. Um, one day could be extremely slow um, with requests, whether it's like um, sponsorship may reach out to me and say, hey, I need this updated on this page or ticketing may say the same thing. Or we may have a campaign or a release launching on a certain day, which I have to prep um, all of our digital platforms for as well. And then kind of make sure that all the social pieces are aligned and um, in, in the communication space as well. So no day is, is it's exactly the same. Um, we'll get different player interviews. Um, if it's a match week, 
we try to highlight who we're playing, um, you know, what's the significant match matchup for the week. Um, so no, 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 no day is, is exactly the same. And that's what I kind of like. Okay. So you said something which triggered me to realize uh, that at the end of the day, um, when you remember, not necessarily you, but if people know the story of FC, like they really were gorilla about branding and people knowing FC and truly building a fan base before FC was really, really a thing or even um, in the major league. Uh, so with that, how are, are, is your department under adjacent to marketing and branding or are you in charge of just maintaining the brand the way you see fit? I assume that there's a marketing department separate from you all or yeah, so there, there is a marketing um, department who's adjacent or, or parallel to us. <clears throat> we work together, but we've done, the organization has done a, a, a restructure where they're bringing in a, um, a CMO who in both departments will merge into one um, where the CMO directs everything marketing related, uh, communications related and CR related. Um, and so basically, I mean, we, we, we work, we worked in silos, but in reality, we're working together. Um, it, 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 it came a time where it's like, why are we working in silos? We need to be working almost simultaneously because a little bit of what we do is marketing or marketing related and vice versa. Um, but marketing, it was more in charge of the brand, how we want to um, be viewed in, in the public eye and we're supposed to basically facilitate that or give them feedback on how do we attain this goal. Okay, so merging, and I don't know how big of a difference and definitely if it, if it is a significant difference, share that from your position with the Bengals to FC um, and the connection with marketing, how, how different has that been um, in the engagement? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. When it comes to your your department right now with FC and that structure, is that structure the same way over at the Bengals Stadium? As far as marketing and communications being different um, um, departments? Yes, because I'm talking about like the role that you have. If a person were to take your role now and then go back or decide to go to the Bengals, would what you're saying reflect both industries or would it change? For the most part, at least between those two organizations, but um, a lot of organizations are moving to that one siloed CMO where both marketing and communications are under one roof. Okay. And what type of metrics are you expected to meet? Is it like the type of engagement? Is it uh, how many people are coming to the page? 
how many, how much sales is happening from maybe the online website? Like what's, what's the metrics that are supposed to be met from your department? Um, it, it really all depends. So basically we, we kind of do it by campaign or, um, or series per se. So for example, uh, Western stadium, um, we've done, we had a goal to hit so many deposits, um, at a certain date. Okay. So, um, I'll give you an example. So say it's a two week span. So deposits are open from uh, this date to this date, which is a span of two weeks. All right, how do we get there in, in two weeks? Okay. <clears throat> Communications, how, how can you guys help us push to facilitate this goal? Um, and they're all right, so you want this many deposits it's going to take most likely take 200,000 page views or this, that, and a third. And that's kind of how you measure it out. And you're just like, all right, well, you take your measurements in midweek or, or mid, uh, mid of the, middle of the campaign, see where you are with deposits, page views, um, for social media, we'll see um, if there's social media ads, <clears throat> how many, what's the ROI on those social media ads? What's the ROI on our, um, on our ads on our website? Um, how many people are going to place deposits from those medians or if they're going directly through another source? And that's kind of how, um, for at least for that campaign specifically, what um, what what numbers and, and pieces you're kind of looking at? Okay, okay. So when we're talking about numbers and people engaging and knowing all these type of things, that's this is a nice little segue, interesting segue into the conversation about qualification for your position and working for your company. Can somebody, I. I'm a person who has over 150,000 followers on Instagram, uh, 90,000 likes page um, on Facebook and Twitter. I've been doing that for the longest time. So I have 200,000. Can I just come into your job without any degrees and uh, get your, with the Bengals or FC just hire me? with my, my, the numbers that I've done over this time? Um, I mean, it, it's really all depends. Um, in most cases, um, companies will take experience over knowledge. Um, knowledge being a degree. Um, and, and there's a re, there's several reasons for that. Um, obviously, you have a master's. You're gonna gonna be expected to get paid a whole lot more than someone with a bachelor's or associates or someone with without a degree. <clears throat> um, but you have those qualifications on paper. Um, but you may not have the actual 
experience because you've been, I mean, you, you would sort of have experience, but not like real world experience unless you've done like a co-op or, or something like that. But it really just depends on, on the position um, that you're looking to fill. So the example you gave, so you wanna be a social media manager. <clears throat> um, or even be a social media intern just to get your foot in the door. Um, a, a lot of companies will take um, someone who, who they're familiar with as well. <clears throat> so even you have all that experience with all those followers and, and if you're putting out um, you know, content that people are digesting and you have the numbers to kind of prove that, then um, sure, you, you would have a chance. Um, maybe not <clears throat> a full-time position, but for sure an intern position that could lead to a full-time uh, opportunity. So, I mean, I, <clears throat> to the viewers, I mean, I, I would stress, um, you know, reach out, re reach out to um, a club or, or team or, or an organization that you're interested in working in or even trying to get your foot in the door so you're looking for an internship, um, if you're, you know, if you're able to, you know, work unpaid or work for a little bit less than what you're desiring to get your foot in the door, because most organizations will try to find your full-time opportunity within the organization, or you make those connections to where they'll even go out of the way to, to try to find you somewhere um, within that industry. <clears throat> Okay, so let's, since we're, we're here, let's start talking about becoming a director of digital media um, and being Darius. So Darius uh, is going into college right now. This is 2008, 2009? Nine. Nine. I didn't realize I was two years ahead of you, all right. So you're going into college in 09. Let's, the path has started. We obviously know that you graduated high school and now you're going to college. What was the path that led you here? Um, if you had asked me <laughs> in 09, would I be a director of digital media for a sports team? I would tell you no chance. Um, and what's funny is I didn't want to, uh, I had no interest in, in, in sports back then. It's crazy kind of how I landed here. Um, I originally wanted to be um, a game designer, but um, I started, so let's, let's back it up. So obviously my degree is in information technology um, with the focus of web development and, and app development. <clears throat> um, so yeah, sports wasn't even in my head or in the equation back then. Um, so, you know, as, as I progressed through, uh, my degree and earning my degree, um, I ended up interning with the Cincinnati Bengals as a, uh, IT support technician. So basically learning. Um, all the technical needs 
from an organizational standpoint um, on the IT side. <clears throat> so I was basically resetting coaches' passwords, making sure the email's set, making sure um, everyone in the organization had Word in Microsoft Office, making sure that their machines are, are working correctly and, and basically just being on standby for any technical needs that they <clears throat> needed. And um, I was like, wow, I'm actually doing this for the Cincinnati Bengals, a, a sports team. And um, I didn't necessarily want it to do that side of things <clears throat> for an organization um, because that wasn't necessarily my focus, but you know, I wanted to get my foot in the door and to um, you know make those connections. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I was building websites for the university um, because you know that was my focus. And then eventually, um, so wait, you're saying you did all of this while you were in college? Yes, correct. Okay, I just want to make sure that the timeline was clear. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm still in college at, at this point because I interned there, um, and when I interned there, I had uh, I was doing 18 credit hours on top of top of running track, on top of um, interning. Uh, yeah, it was nuts. It was a crazy semester. Um, what year was this? Which, which, which is this? Is this junior years? Senior this year? is year 2013. So my junior year. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, they, they knew what my interests were. They had, I just want to, <clears throat> I want to build websites and do a little bit of, of graphic design and, and basically app development. And that's my focus. And then, okay, cool. So they call me, um, they call me months later, like, hey, our web guy's leaving. When do you graduate? Uh, maybe we can work something out. I'm like, I don't graduate for another year. <laughs> and, and I told him, I was like, and I don't necessarily, I don't see myself working for a sports team like in that capacity. Like I, I see myself like kind of working for a solution center and making um, different applications for different clients. And he's just like, all right, well, just um, let, let me let me know. Just think on it for a few days. So I got the phone. I think about it, and I was like, well, I'm not done with college yet. Uh, I got one semester left. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't have a job lined up after I get out of college. So let's just see where this goes. So I interviewed for the position and this position was for um, manager of website and graphic design. Um, so it was almost tailored for what I wanted to do, but in, in sports. <clears throat> so I went back, interviewed the two in-person interviews and they ended up hiring me. And I wasn't even done with college yet. This is still junior year. This is um, this is into my senior year. Okay. Um, and so I have one semester left. And so I was like, oh, well, you guys know I'm still in school. 
Yeah, we could just, <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll just figure something out. So I split my last semester into two, um, ended up graduating, was already working full time for a, a professional sports team um, in Cincinnati. So which was, it, it's crazy how I landed there. Um, it, it's, and the rest has just been history. Like I, I built, <clears throat> we built that digital media department from scratch because there was only one person in that department before I was brought on. So me and another guy got hired to kind of create that department from scratch. So I'm talking from buying equipment, setting up servers, um, identifying uh, what needs to be changed um, that's being done digitally, um, what's being done graphically, um, and, and, and basically pushing the Cincinnati Bengals into the digital future, um, and, and which we did. And we ended up winning, our department ended up winning best social media campaign in 2015 after our first year um, of being in that department. Huh. Okay. 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 Yeah, so, I that was a long or really long winded story slash answer. But but it was valuable. I mean, yeah. so I'm gonna ask a question because I love it when it's if I was a college student, I wanted to be paid. But was it a free internship or was it a paid internship? <clears throat> it was an unpaid internship. And that's what I was hoping you were gonna say because many times people are like, I'm not gonna do this thing for free when I know my value and I know my worth. And that's absolutely true. Know your value, know your worth. There's nothing wrong with that. But many times people miss that. And I think I talked about this in, the, in, the, in just the last interview, which is when you graduate, they're looking for you to have experience and you're going there like, I'm trying to get experience. And this is the way to do it. And many times people don't realize that volunteering and doing free work opens up so many doors because you're actually doing the job. Regardless if they officially hired you as a paid employee, they can say, you can say, I did this for said company. And boom, now you've opened up doors that you completely took out um, when you said you wouldn't do it for free. Um, yeah, and, not, and not only that, I mean, it, it shows that you're serious about the field that you're going in, not yeah. necessarily caring like, oh, I'm not doing this because it's free. I'm doing it because I want to grow as a professional. I want to grow as a person. I want to make those connections within um, your organization. Teach me. I want to be your pupil, you know? What, what swayed you to, or, or what, oh, that's right. So they, they actually brought you over out of your original perspective of, of what you hoped your job would be through, and here's the question, is it through creating a position that's based off of what they heard you desire or was it based off a position that they already was creating and it just so happened to be something um, going in the lane that you wanted to go? Um, a, little, a little bit of both. So, <clears throat> I mean, there was, there was a need for a website developer and a graphic designer um but also they, they needed a person for social media and video production which the other guy um who's a good friend of mine his name is Stephen Huddy who now works for uh 
Green Bay Packers. <clears throat> um, he was hired to fulfill the social media and video development portion of that department. So it, in reality, they needed, they needed those areas taken care of. So they basically said, all right, we know that you wanna do A and B, so we're gonna tailor this position for you. And then the other person, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be social, a, a social media manager and handle video production. So they tailored that, those two pieces for him. So, and he also, uh, he was also an intern with them as well, but he <clears throat> worked in, in coaching video. So he did all the, um, the, he fulfilled all the coaching videos at practice for the Bengals for, for a year. Yeah. So it, again, it just comes down to making those connections. They knew what I wanted <clears throat> or what I was looking for in my professional growth. And as they, as they did with Steven and they um, created those positions and, and tailored them to us specifically. And see, that's, I'm so glad you laid it out and you showed how real um, of an opportunity it is when a person has talent, when a person has expertise, when a person knows an opportunity and presents it to an organization that even if the job doesn't, the job that you want may not currently be at the business that you want to work for. But if you walk into the company, you show your expertise, you show them the opportunity, hey, they might open up an opportunity and create one specifically based off of what you presented. And the best part is, is seeing how you created it. It's your baby. Not saying you completely, completely created it in this position, in this situation. But there have been many people who've walked in like, hey, here's an opportunity. This is what it looks like. This is the value it's going to bring. And this is my expertise in being able to follow through with this. And boom, an opportunity shows up for them to have a job that did not exist in the company. And a person can do that while currently working in their company and seeing, oh, they need help over here. How about I present this, present this uh, position to them and see if they'll be willing to take this up. And that's how many people get raises, uh, going to the work that they love. And that's, that's a way that many people don't even think about. And so I'm definitely glad to hear your story about that. Uh, I am curious to know, um, taking several steps back, seeing how uh, your position was shifted and you almost was swayed out of your out of where you are now because it wasn't exactly what you wanted to do so first question i one of the first questions i should have asked was what is the first job profession that you remember wanting to have um <laughs> It was uh, like I said earlier. Um, I I wanted to be a a game designer, um, and it's so when you say game designer, it, it's <clears throat> when you grow up and you actually look at it. Being a game designer is so that phrase is, is so broad mm -hmm. because being a game designer, you could be just in charge of making the scenery look the best it is and you're just in charge of scenery just making sure the trees look as real as you can make them look or you could be part of character development 
Um, and you're just solely focused on that. Or you could be the director of the whole thing, making sure everything is all aligned from top to bottom. And it's just so very broad. <clears throat> and you know, when I when I looked at it, I was like, man, just just so many different avenues um, that you could go down wanting to be a game designer. And then I just I guess I just kind of grew out of it and wanted to be more. Um, I guess more realistic of myself and being tailored to what my actual um, interests were, which would be graphic design, um, graphic design and website development and making sure one, that it looks aesthetically astonishing and, and pleasing, as well as making sure it works technically. So that's kind of how I shifted from wanting to be um, a game designer into being the digital professional I am today. What age was this thought triggered? I, I mean, I, like, it's such an interesting thing because I, I mean, when I was, shoot, when I, I think, well, probably on my first game when I was probably 11, maybe 10, maybe nine. I don't remember when 64, when I got to 64. Uh, I guess to date that would be the year that Star Wars video game came out. Whatever year that was, that's when I got my uh 64 so i was just trying to get on the sticks man so right. <laughs> that you're like i don't want to get on the sticks i want to make people get on the sticks to play my game or i want right. to get on there to do something that i've done mm. or enjoy something that i've created in this this, this program yeah uh, i guess it started um it had to be around seven 1997 is when I want to say Final Fantasy VII came out. Hold on, I should know this. I got the game right here. Hold on, let me let me just grab it. Hold on. My guy still owns the actual game. I respect it. I respect it. That's like a business deciding. I'm gonna put up my first dollar I ever earned and, and put it on the shelf. You have the first game that triggered your thought into the profession you have. Final Fantasy Yes. The original <laughs> um, joint that came out on PlayStation. So this came out in 1997. See? <laughs> 1997. This game blew away every gamer in the market. Just, <clears throat> just from an RPG perspective. So my... Um, RPG. RPG are, are role-playing games. Um, and that's my favorite type of game to play just because it, it, it it's almost like reading a book. You tell, it tells a phenomenal story. There's um, character growth and development. Um, you get to see how a character grows over time. And the story, if you create a good enough story, the story lives with you for a lifetime. As you can see, it's, it's 2020. And I still have this here. Is that the original or is yes. that your original? Yes, this is mine. Oh, Jeebus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that would kind of push me to want to be um, uh, a game designer to kind of tell those stories and to, you know, kind of captivate your fan base and that that story lives with them for a lifetime like that has for me.
clearly. That's 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 freaking cool. Uh, wow. All right. I'm surprised you don't got that on. The sh- you should have that on the shelf. Some not even on, in the case. You need to protect that thing. <laughs> like frame that boy yeah. and then hang it up and just call it a day. Like right, right. Are you still playing it? Is is the game currently in that case? You better believe it's in this case. <laughs> I mean, I realize. I mean, it's just the case. I'm just asking. Oh, okay, okay. My guy actually got it. it, it there's three discs. So as you can tell, the, the story or this this game was very long. So it, it came with three discs. You ain't got to keep grabbing everything. I don't want it to. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I don't want you to blame that thing just <laughs> vanishing in your hand like somebody in the the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, no, I um, and I've tried to play every Final Fantasy since, and even gone back and played the older ones. Mm-hmm. Um, another game I'm a big fan of is is Sonic the Hedgehog, as you can tell. I got this up in on in my office. But, yeah. yeah. Are you able? I mean, I'm not not like in your job, but do you have the skill set currently to develop a video game and to just if Final Fantasy tomorrow called you work at FC? I'm not saying you're leaving your job. This is a hypothetical um, <laughs> situation. I don't even know if Final Fantasy is in the game like it is, but if Final Fantasy said we're gonna revive our career, we need somebody like you with with your story who loves us like that to come in and give us that energy that you remember having at the age of seven for the next <laughs> seven-year-old to take on your position yeah. 20 years from now. Um, would you be able to do that? I, I guess it all, it all depends. But yeah, short answer, yes, I, I would. Wow, that's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Um, how does it, so, I mean, I, I remember, I want to say when I worked in social work, I want to say it was Oak Hills. Oak Hills had a program. I don't know how in-depth the program was, but I know they actually had a program where they taught the teenagers in the high school um, how to create code for video games. Do you know many examples of that currently in schools and opportunities for people to get a jump on this type of thing? Because I mean, people love video games. People love the, even the ones that are on online. I don't know if those are called something different, but I know people love all the various video games that are out there and with the coding information out there, whether it's Linda or whatever, um, how does one get a jump on you who's currently in college? And it's like, I don't wanna play video games. I wanna make video games. I'm 12, my parents allowed me to have access to this stuff and I'm gonna learn as much as I can so I can do this by the age of freaking 19. Um, I would say just do your research. And there's, I mean, there's countless of free resources online um linda being one um if you have a library card you can use linda for free um with uh your library card number um and a lot of people don't know that there's a lot there's so many free resources that people aren't taking advantage of um one if you're in college you just kind of you want to look to see if there's a major tailored to that and if not, what like majors or classes can you take um, for that? Uh, I don't think UC had any, at least when we were going to school. Mm-hmm. But there were groups, um, you could find different student groups on campus who um, were into that and studied it. 
Okay. So, all right, all right. Now let's flash back up to uh, today and, and your job. Um, you've already hinted at some of the answers based off of the state of the planet and, and, and COVID-19 impacting businesses the way it is. Um, why is your job, and, and please be, uh, specific, be specific, um, why is your job important? Like, why does it matter? Especially in the day and age where unfortunately people are being laid off, but it's like in your position, yeah, I don't think they're going to do that right there because it, it seems pretty important and vital to their life. Yeah. My perspective. Um, at least for me, for, for we'll, we'll say from a, a digital perspective on the website side first. So um, we'll, we'll just say communication is all. I mean, that's how people are, are getting their information or digesting the information now is either online or through social media or through some application on their phone. Um, people aren't going and picking up a newspaper. Obviously in COVID, either people aren't leaving the house. Um, so everything is all digital. And you, for me, we're putting all the relevant information um, regarding the organization, regarding games, regarding tickets, regarding anything that towards the organization is on digital. Um, so whether that's on our website or that's a release on our website, um, whether it's a uh, whether it's a, a post on social media that links to our website where you can get more information on a particular subject everything goes to digital and we are in, in a, a very digital world now even before covid we were in a very digital world before covid but now the everything is is, is tailored to digital and and that's why my space is so um my capacity and my space is so important Okay. So since you said that, I have to ask, um, I don't know how, how far ahead you all are thinking. Um, what's the future of your profession? Not just your job, but from your perspective, uh, what's the future um, of, of, of what you do? Like, what will that look like? Like technology, um, how has it evolved? I mean, is social media going to take over the actual major media aspects? Uh, are people going to go from watching full videos to only TikTok length videos? Are we going back <laughs> to, uh, I don't remember what that, the, the the video that was really like 15 seconds initially, I don't remember what that's called. It was like green logo. It's my Vine. Vine, there it was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what's the, what's the future? And I, I'm intentionally trying to just spark ideas. I don't know if you've already thought it, but. What's no, the I, I mean, for the future, I mean, if you think generation, what do they call new generation? Generation Z? That's the new generation. Is that what they call them? Pretty sure that's what they are. E either way, the the younger generation and the generation before that, their their attention span is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, and 
with videos, you can only keep a person locked in for a maximum. The average, you can only keep the average user engaged for about nine seconds. So if you don't have, um, and then it starts to fall off. I mean, it starts to fall off after two seconds, but you don't really see a really big fall off until about nine seconds on, on video viewership, at least on social. Um, so if you're not captivating um, the user in that first five seconds, because of the attention span of, of people, um, you're going to lose them. Uh, so it, moving in the future, I mean, I see like TikTok, it's, it, I don't know how long those videos are, but you'll start to see more videos like Vine, <clears throat> I believe, or you have to capture or your most engaging piece of the video or content is going to be within those first three to five seconds to keep the viewers engaged and keeping them wanting to watch the whole thing. Because I, for me, if I pull up something on Twitter and I see it's two minutes long, I'm closing. <laughs> I, 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 instant, I instantly look at how long, the, how much time this video is going to take for me. Like I look at the, of, I mean, we're talking about you working for a team that's a soccer team and you know the beautiful art of them coming up the field, the back and forth process, and then boom, go. We both know you could go a whole freaking game without a goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is an absurd thought. Wow, I'm watching a sport where there's a chance you're not gonna score. But you know that and you're saying that like people could potentially not even like I get it. We want to see people score the goals, but what about the poetry in motion? Or is that just for the purists that will? I, I, that? I mean, you can post different highlights of that, different moves and stuff. I'm I'm speaking more in a general manner regarding videos, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, some games, some most of our games, you won't see a goal. It may be a draw, maybe zero zero draw, or maybe a one zero match. Um, but I mean, you, you capture the highlights within the game, whether it's a move, whether it is a goal or whether it's a, a, a shot that's been saved, but those are, could be five, 10 second clips that are easy to put out. But as far as like the nine seconds, I was, I was speaking in general, of, um, videos or, or, or engagement on a video um in, in a general sense how important could influencers be in the future um for your industry um give me an example of an influencer as far as so that's the perfect example so we're talking about video games and it's crazy to sit here and think i've, I've watched my, my niece i've watched my nephew um watch people play video games on, <laughs> on, on youtube they're what they own the video game they own the video game and they're watching someone else play the video game and these people are talking so <clears throat> in a situation like that these people say there's a person i, I want to say his name is bob minery on ig freaking hilarious he has the perfect commentator's voice uh, he's an adult um type of content guy so he's what he, he he does voiceovers 
for professional sports using their footage as if he's the actual commentator for the game. It's freaking hilarious. If you're an adult and you can handle cuss words, then he might be somebody to check out. But I could definitely picture somebody in the future. I mean, obviously, I could see the uh, licensing issues, but people figure out stuff all the time. Um, somebody that goes viral for, like, you know what? I want to be the commentator for the Bengals, and they didn't hire me, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to mute them, <laughs> and I'm going to put my voice over it, and I have people loving it, people watching me, and uh, because I'm so connected to this team just through that content, regardless if I'm working for them, I'm going to share this with them. Mm -hmm. And that and FC in this situation uh, knows that I'm a part of their brand, even if they don't want me to be or not. So I'm an influencer connected to FC, whether they like it or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I probably just gave somebody a job right there, and I just realized that after the no, fact, I, mean, I, I need some some type of uh, percentage off of whoever goes out there and steals this idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, they play a big role. Like for us, our supporters groups, um, which are technically our influencers, they play a big role um, in what we do and their feedback and what we do. We all we 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 take their feedback and and definitely use it. Um, there's a guy. He's so funny. Is his Instagram, his Twitter is Knifey Lion Radio, where they do all these parodies and it's of the team. It's hilarious. You have to check it out. Um, and then even Reddit, like Reddit, is such a I call it the dark world <laughs> of the internet because it is such a a black hole to get into because it just goes on and on and on of information and in parodies of, of fans that you just did not know exist or what they're actually talking about. It's um uh, and I didn't necessarily get into Reddit when I got the Bengals. But Reddit is a big part of our of FC Cincinnati's fan bases. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's part of their culture, mm -hmm. um, and they have a bunch of influences influencers on Reddit as well. And and we kind of look at that stuff to kind of get a feel of what the fans are saying and what they want to see, what they're mad about. Um, it's it's really interesting <laughs> to 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 take a dive in, in into Reddit because I, I never understood it um, until just recently that, mm. that that it's such a a black hole to dive into. Yeah. So Reddit users out there that's represent that's uh, connecting to the team know that they actually are listening and paying attention. <laughs> but I will say this: I am so scared because. I always saw Pinterest as this girly thing. My wife, uh, she actually put me onto it. And I definitely have my own little, I wouldn't say I have my own Pinterest boards, but I go through and I find different content, whether it's diets or workouts. And I just create these different things just so I can go there and find all this content. So I think Pinterest is a great tool. I have never, just like prior to me looking at Pinterest or hearing about it, I've never even looked at Reddit. I've seen the, I've seen the logo several times, but I've never even been on Reddit. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, but, check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said on, on any topic, actually, on, on any topic, 
Reddit is almost like Pinterest, but a I would almost say like a darker Pinterest, depending on which hole you dive down. Oh, that you sounds just, you just have to you just have to search it. But anyway, before you go to the next topic, Pinterest is a very very underrated app. <clears throat> I thought the same thing too. Like this this is for girls. Like all I see is like do it yourself makeup, uh, do yourself like basket weaving or some some girly stuff <laughs> um but no i mean you can that's literally one of those other black hole apps that you can just get caught up on just searching like i, I search different ab workouts on there too and you just scroll and scroll and scroll and save stuff and you could be on there you look down and then you look back up an hour and it's, an hour has passed <laughs> Yeah, because every time you click something, it has like a whole bunch of other things <laughs> to it, and it just keeps doing that nonstop. It's just infinite content over and over, which I really app, nervous again. Of app is genius. It's it's genius, but it's yeah. so underrated. Yeah, um, but you you brought up the 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 transition, and I want to stay there from Bengals to Reds. So you mean FC Cincinnati? Man. <laughs> Uh, I'm such a freaking, oh, I'm such a Clevelander. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm so sorry. Um, and the Ritz is the only team. Well, actually, I'm rooting for the FC. I actually root for FC. Uh, shout out to them. I, I would never, I would never, ever be a Bengals fan. Um, I want them to succeed because I live in a city. But as I say, I need them to lose twice a year, at least, <laughs> to my Browns. And uh, three times, if necessary, one year. Uh, outside of that, uh, they can do whatever they want. But I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna own Bingo stuff. You can. You can buy it from me. It's gonna be somewhere. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, your your transition from working for the Bengals to FC. Uh, what 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 was that like? Like tell the story of that switch because I think I heard. I I remember when we spoke briefly about you doing that, and it threw me off because I'm like. That's the Red Cell. That's the NFL. As, as they've said in the movie, um, they own a day of the week. Like, mm. why would you leave that when your friend is going and went and played for the, is, is working for the for Green Bay? Yeah. Like, that's a storied franchise. There's so many opportunities out here. Right. But I know you, I, I want you to talk. So go ahead. So, I mean, uh, basically for me, it was a, um, a hierarchical move. One, I was going from a being a senior manager to a director and then working for working in, in a sport that I actually loved. Not saying that I didn't love football. I mean, I liked football, but it wasn't my heart and passion. Mm -hmm. um, but so, I mean, when I was approached about coming on to FC Cincinnati, they were still in the USL and they weren't in Major League Soccer yet. And I was like, I can't leave a an NFL team for a minor league team. Like maybe if they go to Major League, then um, yeah, I would consider. Um, then they got they got the Major League bid um, to be the next expansion team in the in Major League Soccer. And then I thought really hard and, and I made that jump. I was like, this will be a good professional move <clears throat> for me, just to want to grow 
um, to to actually be able to manage a a team and then build another department from scratch, but within another sport. Did you personally look into it? Because there's so many different ways to go into a jobs into a new position. Did you personally was like, oh, they hit the MLS. Let's look at. I personally am going to research their department and see if there's an opportunity. Um, or was an opportunity put out there available for you to already know and you decided that, or did somebody approach you or is it something you can't really talk about? Um, the president of the club reached out to me. Okay. Um, we worked together at the Bengals. He left the Bengals to actually start the team back in 2015. Hmm. So, um, yeah, so he was always in my ear, like, hey, uh, we want you over here. We want you over here. And, you know, I, I just stressed to him, like, hey, if you guys go to Major League, um, I'll be able to consider. So, and um, that's when it happened. And then, you know, we, then I made the move. Man, that's, that, 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 I will never stop highlighting the power and the importance of networking and maintaining relationships and doing right by people that you currently are working with because you never know where they're going to go what they're going to do next and how they could potentially uh, connect and help you grow into another position um, I think I heard someone say uh, the people that run the world the the the, the politicians and the leaders um, of, of countries they send their kids to the Harvards or whatnot and it's like yeah you're going there for the education but you're also going there to actually meet the uh, Obama's kids and build real relationships with them. Um, actually have real relationships with the Clintons and the Bushes and um, figuring out how you all can continue those relationships in order for us to continue in this trajectory of uh, power I, or just success, I should say better yet. Um, and so that to recognize that that's how a lot of people do it is maintaining relationships and knowing that yeah, there's an opportunity currently for me to make money and do the basics of life, but there is a whole nother dynamic taking place. And if I don't respect the dynamic of relationships and connections, then I may uh, miss out on whatever may come next or could have came next. Um, but, okay, so let's ask the question. I, I gave you the heads up this question was coming. So, do you know the ballpark um, salary range for your position? Like, and, and more importantly, let, let's let's say this one and the Reds. I want to do not the yeah this one and uh, the Bengals. I did Reds again. I know, <laughs> I know, I did. Um, this one and the Bengals because I know the Bengals was the first one. So what's the entry level, and you don't have to say yours, what's like the salary range for the entry level position of, of you? Um, Bengals. It could be anywhere from 30 to being low end, 30,000 to, to 40, 45,000 uh, a year on the high end. So 30 would be the low, low end and 45 being the high. Okay. And then you switch over to a more significant position. What would the salary range of a person in charge of MLS teams digital? Um, anywhere 
from 55 to 70, even 80 on the high end, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, all, it all depends. Depends on the market you're in, depends on the club, depends on how much the club values that position. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I want to point something. I just want to ask, are you married? I'm not married, no. I know that. Do you have any kids? <laughs> I don't have any kids. Either. Okay. So with that, I don't know what your, your debt ratio is and everything in life from being in college, but I will say that I'm betting that based off of what you're, the range in which you're working in, because I, I found that if you're just a single guy, a single woman, whatever, at $50,000 and you don't have a ridiculous amount of debt, you can be eating good. You can be traveling. You can be enjoying life. And so with your range, I'm assuming that to some degree, you may not, you're not living, whipping a Lambo or anything, I'm assuming, but I'm pretty sure you're pretty happy with just where you are professionally and know that the trajectory is going to keep going. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can say I'm, I'm living comfortably uh, with Ryan. Yeah. So what is the next step? What's the next role for a person that works for FC or a person that works for a professional team? Because you've worked for the Bengals, you've worked for FC, your friend has left and went to Green Bay. Uh, What's the highest role a person can have uh, in your position for a professional um, sports league team? Um. Or the league, yeah, maybe that's it. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. I mean, it, it, it all depends on the organization because they have different hierarchical needs um, in each organization. Um, but it would either be a CMO or a VP um, of digital media. But it really just depends on on the the organization. And I'm betting based off of those rows and depending on how large of a franchise that the organization is, they may actually be in a position where those positions are making upper hundreds of thousands. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And some I just organizations, some, huh? yeah, and, and some organizations they'll just give you the title um and, and i'll leave this to you when it's open for discussion i mean titles to me at least from being in the sports industry titles don't really mean a thing it's only it's only pretty looking from the outside in mm-hmm. um so you could be a VP and not really do anything or not know what you're doing because your staff's doing it. Um, or you could <clears throat> be, you know, a higher title just because they couldn't pay you what you wanted. Yeah. So, so it's interesting you said that because uh, when I interviewed Ryan, we actually talked a little bit about that because at the end of the day, uh, that I think that's a millennial thing. Millennials sometimes actually want uh, titles and, and people think that we care so much about the title. And truth be told, it's that we don't, we don't care about the title. 
in fact, what we care about is the fact that you cared about the title. And by using the title, title, you were like, all right, that title means that I could pay this guy this much money. And we just try to get to the starting line because most of us, so many of us have freaking student loan debt. We're just trying to get out of debt so we can finally feel what our entire salary is. But I will say this. I had a, a mentor when I was working in Nashville and uh, she told me, so I was a business development guy more specifically because I knew titles matter. I was, I was actually a business development coordinator. And so I never said that. I only, only said I was the business development guy because I actually was doing a lot of the business development manager responsibilities. And I still just had that title. I remember talking to her. She was like, I came in and I was director of business development for this large construction company. And she was like, I, I had to go to my actual president and say, hey, I need to have my title changed because unfortunately the people you have me reaching out to, they care about this title. And they're seeing director opposed to the fact that they only speak to the vice presidents. So I need you to change my title from director of business development to vice president of business development. And she changed it and instantly started to be able to get these meetings with the presidents and CEOs of these companies because they actually were like, oh, okay, she must be more significant because the title is shinier. So I definitely agree that um, we don't care about the titles as much. And I think that, I don't think it's just us. I think other people recognize that in general, unfortunately, people with a certain stature respect people with certain titles because they think that, all right, this person is, I don't know if it's that they feel this person is worthy of talking with me or this person has gone through enough to prove that whatever they have to say is actually worth me listening to. Because you can go to a networking event and ruin the entire conversation by saying what you do. And the person immediately thinks, yeah, all right, nice to meet you. And then want to go and find somebody else who has a shinier title. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're getting to the end and I want to, and I don't want to leave this without asking, did you have a mentor in the process of getting to this position? Um, yeah, so my old, boss at the Bengals who's a, a good friend of mine um and also a mentor he's um he was their director of information technology um who's no longer with the club anymore but he was a big mentor to me because when he was my boss for my first two and a half years there he was my boss when I interned um, and kind of took me under his wing. He's still my mentor. <clears throat> um, we talk every day. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he he basically taught me how to be a business professional um, and kind of how to read certain situations and, and certain people and how to act or, or guide yourself through certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, is, is that the most important thing? That was, that was my next question was, what's the most important thing you've probably gathered from that relationship and allowing you to become successful? Um, let's see, the most thing, the most important thing I learned from him is, is, 
or even the most memorable, making it easier. Um, the, the, the most thing me probably is, is at the end of the day, be yourself. Um, because he was the biggest like jokester, um, you'd ever meet. Funny, funny, funny dude, and uh, and that was the biggest thing I, I took from him is to always be yourself to make those connections. Um, maybe not be, you know, act stupid and <laughs> when, you, when you first meet somebody, but kind of build it up to where you have that relationship to where you can truly be yourself um, amongst your coworkers. Yeah, so I have to ask that because we're talking about amongst our coworkers, we were talking about at work and um, frankly, respectfully, not everybody should be themselves <laughs> because sometimes we're talking about a, a Dave Chappelle sketch of uh, when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah. Um, so if that, you don't mind, be. explain what that means because everyone's like, just be yourself. It's like, don't, yeah. don't, don't do that. You, yeah. you shouldn't do that. Basically be someone um, who lifts others and be someone that, that that can be, you know, that you're a joy to be around, mm-hmm. not this, you know, black cloud. I also hear you saying be not just genuine, but be a real person. Like when you come into the job, don't be a robot. Like if, and I'm going to simplify it. If you're, my wife's a teacher. So it, if you're a teacher, don't just show up and just be all business talking about worksheets and what your class is working on, what the curriculum is. Like, talk about real things, like things that show your personality, things you actually enjoy. Be a human. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and in sports, sometimes you get caught up, <clears throat> at least when it's busy during the season, that you become a robot <laughs> because you're like, all right, I need ABCD done and you're just locked in. And sometimes it gets to be a routine where you're just knocking this stuff out. Um, but another thing in your coworkers, I mean, you're you're most likely gonna be them, you're gonna be around them more than your loved ones um, because you're with them eight hours, 10 hours a day. Um, so you wanna enjoy, you know, the personalities and the people that you're around majority of your lifetime. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, just be genuinely a, a good person um, and get to know one another um, yeah. on, you don't have to be like, you know, super personal or, or super, I'm not saying have your coworkers be your best friends. Um, there's boundaries that you can set, but you know, always be that person that someone can feel comfortable in, in coming to talk to you right away. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate your time, man. Um, it's been really fun. I'm going to ask one more question after I say what I say, but based off of what you said, I just want to bring to the fore of one of the most important things and one of the most significant reasons we have this this, this content that I'm creating. And that's because people have to know that 40 hours of your life, <laughs> 60 hours of your life, however many hours you're working, 
is not 60 hours of work. I don't care how many times I say it, I'm probably gonna say it on every episode. It is 60 hours of your life. And they're for you to find something that you actually enjoy spending your life doing. Otherwise, you are just losing hours of your life and you're going to look back and you're going to regret it. Uh, and especially at the moment that you meet a person like Darius or even myself who enjoys what they do and you realize, man, I should have pursued what I actually enjoy and learned how I could earn income or make income that would allow me to live the actual life I want to live because all of that is possible. Huh. Do you have anything that you want to leave people with? Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, like Mario said, um, it's 60 hours of your life. You don't get, you don't get time back. Time waits for no man. And, and time is, is more valuable than, than money for me. Um, and that time is valuable. Um, you can't put a price on on the time that you lose. And it's never it's never too late to to change what you're doing. If you hate your job or you want to do something else or you want to try something else, do it. Like what's stopping you? Mm-hmm. Granted, do it do it within your means. I'm not saying tomorrow quit your job and go for your dreams and leave everything, you know, on the burner, but do it realistically um, or try to find or plan out realistically how you can make it happen. Mm. And then have a, the biggest thing too is have a support group. Have a support group that will hold you accountable, um, that'll lift you, um, that'll keep you on your toes, um, it's because, <clears throat> I mean, if you don't have the support, I mean, granted, you you want to be able to be motivated to do do things for yourself, but it never hurts to have a strong support group, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, or you may need to change your support your support group or the people you hang out with to achieve um, your dreams or or what you're trying to you know accomplish, because I mean you hang around with like-minded people. So if you have like-minded people in a circle who want to, you know, be financially free or want to obtain their dreams, you're more likely to obtain those, those goals um, with the, with the group of people who have the same mindset. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, your audience, your, your people that you spend time with, uh, they're going to rub off on you. They're going to impact your life. They're going to actually potentially direct you in ways that you don't even recognize is taking place. I also want to spotlight just the fact that every time he left a job, or I guess a couple of the times that he transitioned, he had a job in place. <laughs> like some people, I, I get it. I respect those people who have the guts to just, I think it was a book called Just Leap. The book, yeah, it was called Leap. Um, and I think it hurt. the author might have been Tess, T-E-S-S, but yeah, the average person shouldn't just do that. Like you should mostly like, before you get a job, have a job. Like don't, don't just, don't just try to leave and, and try to figure it out. It, you look a lot more attractive on, on the scene when you currently don't need 
the job that you're interviewing for. And it also allows you to have more uh, negotiating power. So don't just quit. That's my opinion. Other people want to say the other stuff. But uh, definitely appreciate your time, man. And uh, when I'm lucky to be able to do and say this uh, personal way that I can send you off, I, I do so each time. And like that, man, go mob. Go mob. <laughs>